This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. What a good shot. Oh, my goodness. Far post for Shearer. Goal. McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection. And a goal. Comes to Mitchell. It's another goal. Incredible. Hobble. I'm glad I didn't do an on the whistle after that. I wasn't too down, but I did the Patreon uh, watch along, which so far has seen three games, uh, one none, drawn none, lost three, goals for two, goals against 10. I think that's the last one of the season. Thank goodness. Yeah, I'm fully, fully laying the blame for last night at your mm-hmm. table. At your table? At your door? It's definitely towards you, towards you, and in your direction. As a person, or as a concept of a, a watch along, both. Let's just go both. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's just go both. Yeah, that's fine. I can live with that. Well, it was another stinker. <laughs> oh boy, and it was a stinker. But is it the end of our world, Terry? Of course, it's not the end of our world, Rich. I think. Um, look, we'll we'll get into the blow by blow of the game, and we'll get into. The other storylines that came out of last night, in terms of, in terms of our captain being abused for ninety minutes by our away fans, and all of those other juicy bits that we can cover. But um, the one thing I'd love to, I'd love to open with is, like, we've just got to stop having these like huge, emotional end of world fallouts every time we lose a game. Like, we're going to lose football games. Like, what is wrong with people? What? What? Why can't they just? <laughs> Like we're gonna lose games. It happens. We're 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 three points off third with eleven to play. With a squad that have been rebuilt twice already this season. Like just just chill and enjoy it and accept the fact that you're gonna lose some games and you're gonna win some games. Like there's gonna be some trading of blows in this in this fight for the top seven that we're in. Um and my one recommendation to any Swindon fan is just don't put that much pressure on yourself to like to have to have a hot take and, and and have to and have to have the answer and have to slag off everybody in the world and particularly Ben Garner just because we lose a game of football. It's going to happen. Just just roll with it. Let's let's get on with the lineup because there were a lot of enforced changes. Ryan East came out of the cold to start. Uh, Dion Conroy comes out of nowhere. He's the captain, you know. After all said and done, um, to start. Ellis Iandolo going back to the left. Now, that's that's one thing I wanted to start on. Do you think Iandolo's in the form of his life in a different position? 
do you think that just literally was nothing else Garner could do other than play him on the left wing? Or do you think he should have probably started in the position he's been impressing so much recently? I think the problem we have is that we, as pun- as punters, don't really understand where each individual player is in terms of their own availability and fitness. Because if you just took it as read that everybody listed is, was capable of playing, then ultimately Ben Garner's decided to change shape from a 4-3-3 to a 3-5-2. And he's elected to play Ellis at left-back rather than bringing it, rather than bringing Odomayo. I just can't believe that's true. Like I, I'm convinced Odomayo is nursing an injury for two reasons. A... It would make complete sense to play Odomayo right, Rob Hunt left, and leave Ellis Anglo in the middle, where you say he, as you, as you said, he's been absolutely phenomenal the last few weeks. And B, you'd play Odomayo ahead of Conroy and Baudry every single day of the week. Um, so I can only assume that Odomayo is nursing something at the moment and can't and can't start games or can't string together more than more than 50, 60 minutes of football at a time. And, and and he's just there to get us through this this horrendous little run room in terms of availability. Um, so long story short, I, I don't think I don't think there was any other option. Um, I'm not quite sure what else you could do if you were going to play the four with um, Hunt at, at one of the fullback positions. Who are you putting in the other fullback position if it's not Ellis? Assuming AK is not fit, which, which I think we have to, otherwise he would have played. In in terms of the first 10, 15 minutes. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Like it, it was unoffensive, <laughs> but it wasn't. You know, we we looked all right. But I think the writing was on the wall very early in in two thing in two ways. I think our midfield started the game really well, but at either end of the pitch, we just weren't quite at it. I think we'll go on. I'm sure to talk about the two centre halves. Um, sorry, two of the three centre halves. In fact, let's talk about all three of them. Um, and and and, but it was really at the top end of the pitch that I thought we were really, really lacking as well. Because yes, we didn't defend well, but we didn't have a we didn't have a proper effort and goal until Jack Payne came on with um, and banged a couple from long range. One of which obviously was the consolation, and it just didn't work. It didn't work at either end of the pitch, and you and you win games of football in each box. So. I mean, if you look at players to come out of last night with credit, I thought obviously Louis Reed was one of our better players. I think Johnny Williams flitted in and out. Um, it's it's at either end of the pitch that we really really struggled, and that and and that was and the right one was on the was on the wall there even in that first ten where we had a lot of ball, but we weren't really properly creating much at all, were we? No, not at all. Isn't it incredible that in the space of approximately three months, Harry McCurdy has just become absolutely crucial to this to this squad yeah but it just comes down to depth again right like we just don't have like who, who who's harry mccurdy's backup jml well god love him he's he's, mm. he's had absolutely no impact parsons look i know there's a big clamor for him but he's he's clearly if no one inside thinks he's ready then he's not ready it's simple as that like you know random Swindon fan on Twitter ranting that, that Parsons hasn't played. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the four or five professional people that we pay to know about football over that person. So if Parsons, they don't think Parsons ready, then Parsons isn't ready. And it's simple as that. And we've got to find other ways. So yeah, McCurdy is super important, but it primarily because we have no one else. I think if Barry's fit, then McCurdy, then, then he slots in for McCurdy um, last night and we played the two up front and we look a lot better than we did. But as it happened, Williams and Aguiar are not supporting strikers slash wide forwards. No, they're not. I mean, people will listen to the listeners' contributions, and Williams, you know, has a few uh, posts of criticism uh, from this one, which you know, to single him out, possibly unfair, but because of the noise around him signing, this is the sort of occasion where you want him to step up. Yeah, and and look, let's let, let's be fair. I thought at Bradford it was probably his best game. For a long time, maybe since Sutton away, and he has it in his locker. He's just, um, he's just. If you take his 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 uh, reputation out of it, he's he's been an all right signing for us. I think Ben, ben Glambin's had a much better season than Johnny Williams, for example. Um, so, and, and I'm not on social media, so you can't hunt me down and slag me off for saying that. Anybody who disagrees, ah, uh, you're around. You find a way. <laughs> um, 
So, so you know, I think it, Johnny Williams has been fine, but he, but he's only been fine through the context of ignoring all the noise. And if you listen to the noise, then he's been a massive disappointment. Let's talk about goal number one from the uh, from the game. Exeter taking the lead through Giovanni Brown, who turns, reads, scores from distance, flat-footed Swindon defence, followed by what I believe is a celebration called the Gritty. I'll take your word for it. Is this too? Mm-hmm. Men in their late thirties talking about something that we shouldn't be talking about because we're absolutely is yes. I'm told it's an NFL celebration that's sweeping the world. I've seen it crop up. I've seen it crop up um, a few times with in second and third rate professional footballers in, in England. So it's good to know that the, that the uh, cultural phenomenon has has reached the deepest, darkest depths of depths of Devon. So good, good to know. Yeah, and Griddy, as a 37-year-old saying, just correction, I'm 38. Does <laughs> It doesn't feel right. Um, Griddy. As, as another sort of late to mid-30s man, I'm going to make the really lame comment now that does it is, it, is it a shortening of gridiron? Is that what we're talking here? Ooh, you know what? It could be. Who Either knows? way, it was right... In- I, w- I was tremendously disappointed with the lack of, you know, um, arm waving in the away end when Giovanni Brown was right in front of our own fans celebrating. Um, a little bit of a, a little bit of stuff, but not enough. Not enough. Bit of a weird one. I mean, I really like Giovanni Brown. I think he's one hell of a hell of a player at this level. Quite why he felt the need to give it to the away end. I'll put it after nine minutes, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe we've missed something um, along the way. Oh, it's because we're chippy, isn't it? It's because Swindon, definitely, when we're on the pitch, we might not hear it or see it, but both, I mean, Grounds, obviously, was always going to yeah. give it the big guns, but they've definitely enjoyed every single one. And there was this element that they were far more fired up than we were, which seems to happen a lot in the in the world of Swindon Town. It does, it does. What I would say is any Swindon fan who took any offence to, um, to, to, to either of those goal celebrations last night needs to get out more. You um, <laughs> support a football club who pays Harry McCurdy a monthly salary. So... Do not cry when Giovanni Brown does the gritty in front of you. And the groundsy. Do we, is it the gritty and groundsy? Oh, let's, yeah, why not? Let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Grounds got his revenge to... Well, I say revenge. I think he, he's been getting quite a bit of stick on social media um, for being a part of last season's um, nightmare. Um, and he played 45 minutes. I think Exeter was saying he wasn't fit for this. Not like... Swindon were quaking in their boots over that news, but a set piece, just awful, awful stuff. Rob Hunt, you know I love Rob Hunt, but goodness me! But this time, plenty of arm waving in the away end for his goal. <laughs> yeah, at least at least we gave it back to him. Look, I think this second goal, and and let's be honest, they could have called this, they they could have scored a template version of this second goal three or four times, right? Especially in that first mm. half. That second goal is in utter utter shambles. So there's three things that that um that are screaming out. You mentioned Rob Hunt. Got his body positions are completely wrong and he gets it he gets it massively wrong, doesn't he? But the ball should never, shouldn't even get that far. Two things. It's three yards out. Where's the keeper? Like where is the keeper? And I'll tell you where the keeper is. The keeper is bl- being blocked. And he's being blocked because whoever our two defenders alongside him are, aren't cleaning the area out. Like, just rule number one of, of defending corners is is to clear that area out so your goalkeeper can come and compete for the ball. It's absolutely criminal that a ball can go across the goal at three yards from the goal line and the goalkeeper's not come and got it. And it's not just the keeper's fault. It's the people around him who have not prevented him from getting blocked in. And it happened time and time and time again. I think now is really a good time to talk about the centre-halves from this game, which was Baudry, Conroy and O'Brien. Because I think the thing that I would want to highlight is you could really tell the difference between O'Brien playing alongside, say, Cooper and O'Brien playing alongside Conroy and Baudry. The the difference in his performance was completely different. Yeah, and and I think actually the last time we saw Jake O'Brien put in a dodgy 20-minute spell, and and I will say one thing, O'Brien was actually much better the second half until he went off, um, and and he was the pick of the three. 
But the last time O'Brien looked that that suspect was away at Mansfield, and he was playing alongside Dion Conroy in in that in that defence as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, I think. Um, Oh man, I don't know. Like this is such a tricky subject to dive into. I, I think the one thing I'd like I'd like to say is some of the personal abuse that we've that has been reported and, and that happened last night and we know happened from 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 people who were there. Like that's not okay, especially from minute one. Like that's not okay. But the flip side of that is between Bodry and, and Conroy last night, it was an absolute horror show, wasn't it? And they'll know that they're they're experienced professionals and. They'll know that it absolutely wasn't good enough. I thought the strangest thing about watching them, apart from the fact that how bad they were as individuals, is that they seem to spend most of the time just bitching at each other. Like, it, 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 not only did we lose sort of some actual defend, defending ability, we also seem to lose any sort of cohesion or, or structure as well, which is really weird. You'd expect... You'd expect, yes, you, you're losing a bit of pace or whatever, or, or even a bit of technical ability with, with Cooper missing. But you'd expect that to almost be covered by good organisation, cohesion, structure, by, by bringing in those two senior senior centre-halves. And it actually just worked out completely differently. And we, 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 we lacked ability and we lacked organisation, structure and leadership, which... which is a lethal combo, isn't it? A lethal combo. And, and, and there was there was times when... Brown and their centre forward, whose name escapes me, were just just running them ragged. They, they and, and Matt J picks up really really interesting um, positions, sort of up between the lines, and, and that had so much time and space in the box, time and time and again. They looked like they'd score from every corner. Um, and that first half, oh, we, we were really really poor defensively, really poor. And and we've got to we've got to change it, right? We've got to change it. Like going into this weekend, it has to change. Well, this is what I was going to ask next because, like it or not, it's just Oldham. But the the narrative of the return of of Sheridan and Wright is is big. You know, we weren't in the grounds when they were at the club as a as a duo, and there's a lot of ill feeling there I mean I'm over it I'm you know fine but I, w- I won't enjoy watching Sheridan give it the big guns if indeed they uh, are victorious but to give us the best opportunity of of not conceding and going on to get more than a point or a point or three points they can they can't just go okay well we'll address this over the week and give them a second go because Oldham are scrapping for their life at the moment aren't they yeah, no, that you, that 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 can't happen. I think, um, <clears throat> look, it was a really tough call for Ghana yesterday. So so little availability. Had to ch- was forced to change shape. Like like I said, if we're we're assuming AK wasn't fit yesterday, I think at, at this point now you've got to go back to the four three three, and you've just got to you've got to pick eleven players that can fit into that shape and be creative with it. Like there there has to be ways that we can do it right. Um, we've seen Iandlo play play left back left. Centre back, left midfield, centre midfield. He'll he'll do a job. He'll do a better job in any of those four positions than we saw Conroy or Bodry try and try and um, attempt a job yesterday. So there are good, solid pros who are fit and in good form and are part of this unit that can fit into this team. And we will, we we have to find solutions, even if it means something wacky, something that we 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 can't see as fans. You've got to work on something that is a four-three-three and doesn't include those two centre halves. It, it, they, it, it can't. It can't go on. It can't go on. And, and we've got 11, 12 games left. Um, and whatever the whatever the uh, question is, that centre half partnership is not the answer. That's for sure. No, I, we're not sportsmen. Far from it. In my case, and I, I just didn't see two players that looked genuinely up for it against Exeter more so they looked like two players that kind of knew that they weren't here after the summer I'm more than sure Conroy would go and I'm convinced Baudry would probably leave the game altogether um, certainly as, as a pro footballer and at this stage of the season you don't want to make those observations and that's my concern really there was almost an air of like a begrudgingness about it all wasn't there like yeah oh, like oh god if things got so bad that we have to play like that, that—that's what it sort of felt like watching it, and like, 
and just the bitching at bitching between them was was just was just bizarre. Um, really, and and look, really, really strange giving Conroy the armband again. I don't get that at all. I can't, can't get my head around that for one for one minute. Um, what does that say to Rob Hunt? Do you know what I mean? Rob Hunt has been outstanding for us the last three four months. Been leading the team through this through this run of, of four wins in five before last night. You bring Conroy in out of the cold. You know we 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 we've been told he's been fit and available the last couple of weeks, and he's not even been in the eighteen. And and now he's and now he's captain. Like that that doesn't make any sense. Like come on, we don't have you know the Stuart Pierce noisy sort of captains out there. But Hunt was doing his job. He was doing it effectively, and I think the respect of the squad probably leans towards Payne because he got the armband as soon as he came on against Bradford. None of that this for this game and yeah there's something not right there but still at the same time the reports of the amount of abuse Dion Conroy was getting from the away end it's not it's not productive it's counterproductive if anything isn't it I think look people may label us like hypocrites right because we're sat here saying Conroy didn't play very well and there's something there's something untoward with his relationship with the club at the moment or whatever it might be that's one thing but to like to stand within earshot of the uh, uh, of the man and scream abuse from minute one like what's the point go to football to enjoy yourself like <laughs> you go like you don't drive 200 miles to 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 get angry and scream abuse from minute well maybe some people do i'm, I'm, I'm making an assumption i think so yeah <laughs> um, but like just just go and just go and have a nice time. Like, what's wrong with you? I don't get it. I've never I've never really been one for um for sort of individual abuse and stuff like that. I don't really get it. But hey, look, like you buy your ticket and and and, and you people have a sense of entitlement that they that then gives them the right to do whatever they want, and that's that's not true. So look, let's have a let's have a sensible conversation about it. But let's 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 absolutely park the constant the constant abuse because it doesn't help anyone I think people have made up their minds about him regardless of his performance and there there is an element of the fan base that just they look forward or they eagerly await that kind of display which was lousy but they they get some sort of thrill from it which gives them the ability to go crazy yeah, I think you've hit, hit the nail on the head there. And we've had this with players before, right? I, I would put Gladwin in exactly the same bracket, by the way, apart yeah. from Gladwin's having a great season. <laughs> or he was until he got injured. But that's that doesn't stop a lot of people around me slagging him off from minute one every single week, irrelevant of what he does, ignoring anything good he does and, and, and highlighting everything bad. I think there are just there are just some fans who love to verbally abuse some players and, and, and that will always be the way. It's just a bit pathetic, really. You declare your admiration for Justin Bieber and you just lose the crowd, don't you? I mean, we've all been there. Exactly. <laughs> um, second half was a little bit better, but I think that's it's faint praise, if anything, isn't it? I think it was better for two reasons. I think A, Exeter uh, knew the game was won, didn't they, really? Yep. I mean, and B, Jack Payne exists and is in the world <laughs> and, is one, and is one of my favourite men. Um, and And he... <laughs> He was so much better than everybody else that we had, that played for us last night. In forty five minutes, he was so much better than everyone else. And we, you know, we semi semi jokingly had a man of the match conversation about him for the last fifteen at Bradford, um, and and it's not even a semi sensible conversation about him today or, or yesterday. He was he was our best player. Um, so look, it's it, look at positives. As I said, three points off top, and 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 through a bit of a tough run of games, and let's get through Saturday and start getting some bodies back in. But the biggest positive is we've got, we touch wood. We've got a rested, fit, flying Jack Payne for the for the last eleven games, and he is absolutely alongside Louis Reed our our standout talent, isn't he? And, and, and the more we can get out of him, the next dozen games, the better. Yeah, before the game finished, obviously there were two more got more goals. Matt Jay put through put his effort under the legs of Baudry and passed Wallacott. Just infuriating conceding a goal to someone with such an awful haircut. Um, but it sort of summed up our night, that one, because it was a lousy effort by Matt Jay 
which still found its way through the center of the goal. He's 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 a cracking little player, though. Isn't yes, he? he is. Yeah, terrible haircut though. They've got three or four lads down there. I mean, obviously him and Collins have come come through the academy and. What you know, you've got to begrudgingly respect Exeter for what they do because they don't sell early. Um, they keep hold of these boys a little bit longer than than a lot of clubs at our level, um, and, and they've got two diamonds there. And, and how they managed to get Giovanni Brown to to stay at League Two and move four million miles from Colchester to Devon um, <laughs> is 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 one hell of a coup as well. So, look, I think they've been they've been knocking at the door for the last five years to get out of this level and. And, and I think that's the best. This this edition is the best Exeter team that we've seen when we've been down here for a few years. So, look, fair play to them. We've got nothing, nothing against them. And and, um, and yeah, no, not at all. Matt Jay is a cracking little player, and he was uh, he was fun to watch at times last night. It's just a shame that we made it so easy for him. Yeah, they've got a good catchment, the Devon and Cornwall area, because a lot of these young guys that they're bringing through are local too. So they're not sort of bringing them down from Bristol or anywhere else, which just highlights where Swindon have to improve really or maybe it's because we're competing with more clubs yeah perhaps. I mean you see it with Plymouth as well, as well though right they've got um yeah they've got the lad Jeff caught up front they've got the, the the young goalkeeper who's who's getting admiring glances from from clubs right right across the top two tiers in in, in England so yeah there's obviously something in the water down there um slash they there's there's only two clubs for about a 400 square mile patch of the country so um yeah good luck to them and and it's just a shame we made it so easy from last night wasn't it that's that's, that's the thing you, it, it just wasn't really a battle at any point was it and I think what's interesting was chatting to a couple of people today who were there it wasn't really it, we, we took a great sort of away following in terms of numbers but it was really quiet and, and it didn't feel like a big game it didn't feel like we were up for it and yet Exeter all week on their socials and all their fans. This was the biggest game of their season, right? This is that one of their games in hand. Win it, they go into the top three, and they were just bang up for it. They looked bang up for it, and we looked like we had accepted defeat at seven forty. Yeah, well, we do slow mos of JoJo looking bored pre game. What more do you need? Well, true, true. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I was psyched for this game on that alone. <laughs> I think I think half our players just continued slow mo Monday into slow mo Tuesday. I mean, pathetic, really. Exeter City, aren't they? Score three goals, but they didn't score the best one, did they? Yeah. The only problem with this, Rich, is that it reminded me very much of that screamer that we scored against MK Dons last season. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's it's all of our best goals are always irrelevant goals. Matt Taylor, you know, loads. Exactly, and by definition, it therefore can't be a good goal. I've got no time for the goal. It's irrelevant. Okay, that's so. You know, goalkeeper's already thinking about what he's having for tea. Yeah. Um, daydream into the biz. I get yeah. you. I get you. And then, yeah. Okay, fine. So what, what I'm saying is when you talk when you talk subjectively about goal of the season or whatever. No, God, no. That's not going anywhere near it. Context is important. Here is Kane. Kane has some space. Might hit this. Does hit it. Listener's reaction to that won't be fun, but I'm going to read it anyway because, well, why not? Starting with Mitchell Singh, who says they are a very good side and we have a very bare bones team. This doesn't define our season. Forget this game and move on. Man of the match was actually Jojo. Crazy, I know, as we let three in. However, it could have been six or seven without him. Jamie Goodwin says Ellis was solid, my man of the match, but all in all, a really poor performance after an excellent opening 10 or 15 minutes. We gave Davison nothing in the way of service, so he was a passenger for the majority. On to Saturday with our threadbare troops for the Sheridactyl's return. Wardy S says pain man of the match purely for a great strike. Overall, Got what I feared. Davison completely isolated, no pace going forward. And it's scary how when we're missing certain players at the back, how vulnerable we look. Payne and Odomeo must start on Saturday. Paul Merriman. Terrible. Reed, Payne and Iandolo did their thing, but too many around them let the team down with some below par performances. There was no spark, no enthusiasm and no drive from most of the team. Four missing players are crucial. We'll struggle against Oldham with that defence. 
Joe says, Ghana went too defensive for me, but ultimately down to players, and some of them showed absolutely no fight tonight. Jojo, part of the problem, as his passing out has been poor the last few games and putting defence under immediate pressure. Please work on defending set pieces. Ryan Clifford says, no need to revert to five at the back. Cost us big time and isolated Davison all night. Ghana waved his white flag as soon as that team was announced. Bernie Man says, well, what can I say about that? Happy to be on the watch along tonight. It was great to have you. So that I had something to distract me from that dross. Nothing much more to say. We'll break my own rule and give man of the match to a player that only paid 45 minutes. Payne gets it. At least he showed some hunger. Meanwhile, Jamie says it all feels like a build-up to a Jurassic John special. I was going to give Parsons man of the match, but then Payne scored a belter. Man of the match, Payne. John Church says, never have a chance if you're that weak at the back. I would play four with Hunt at centre-back. Jake O'Brien looked lost when playing alongside Dion. S. Parker says, we weren't good enough. Second to every challenge and lots of huffing and puffing with no real outcome. Joe Tomlinson arriving in the away end halted the Conroy bashing, which was getting embarrassing. Some fans need to get some perspective. Missed Harry's energy. Pain needs to start. Matthew says, don't know what was worse. The players all Vic on comms for Exeter. He sounded happy with the result. I couldn't commentate for a team against my own side. Jack Tanner says, the low strangers watch along curse is real. Very, very real. Robert Hammond said, squad so thin with injuries and suspension. Williams and Aguilar weak and disappeared. Can't defend a corner. Man of the match, Davison for effort alone. Steve Nub says, key players injured, yes, but Conroy back in and the defence goes to pot. Risky balls being played around the box, putting pressure on the defence. Johnny Williams, we had to get him signed up but now an expensive luxury player who ain't up to much. We look like a pub team tonight. No ideas, no skill. The frustrating thing is we've seen how well this team can play, even with players out. Pain, man of the match, purely for the goal. Harry says he's calmed down now, but it was obvious we had some devastating injuries, but the body language from the off was dreadful. It's like the players had already conceded defeat and didn't try. Ghana yet again playing five at the back with players that just don't suit it. Playoffs look over. Dean McMacken says the result was not unexpected, but the performance was. If that's how experienced players perform when we can push for third, then thank God we're not in a relegation battle with them. No fight at all. Felt sorry for the youngsters. Usually very positive. Not tonight. Love you, Rich. Still love you, Dean. Kieran says, thought they beat us, but how bad we were was shocking. Arguing with each other, everyone just playing their own game. We've had a few players lost to injury, but that was like playing as if you wanted the manager to be sacked or you've got a caretaker who's clueless. Dino says that game felt like 11 versus 22. Poor efforts, even with our injuries. Mr. Lieberman says, man of the match, pain. Read next with Ellis. Beyond that, nothing. So disappointed in the performance of Williams. Really needed him to step up as the experienced player and he was awful. Ben Nichol says, always going to be beaten with that depleted squad the plus is that pain got more minutes and i suspect he'll probably start on saturday look as though no other injuries which is good we've been so lucky with injuries we seem to got them all at once five three two doesn't work so four three three on saturday please and sign egbo dean morgan says the only thing entertaining was chalky not knowing who the players were That said, that became frustrating along with the performance. Man of the match? I don't know, I guess pain. Stephen PC says, lack of strength in depth now showing sadly. Aguilar again showed he can be a great player, so gets my man of the match. Having to play that season centre-halves, meaning we get the same results. Lack of attacking options mean we are toothless without McCurdy. R. Allison says... Tough one, Rich. We knew with half a side out we would struggle against a decent team, but didn't make it any easier to watch. Great goal from Payne. Please, Swindon Town, let's get it together for the visit of the Sheridactyl. West Coast Wizard says, Terrible Town tonked for a tenner on a Tuesday. Man of the match, read by an inch of Payne, only player who did not give up. Josh Phelps saying, it's all about staying down this season and going for it next season with some stability and players on long-term contracts. Right? Right? 
Matt says, sadly, going into a game playing 5-4-1 just wasn't going to work. We still had the players to play 4-3-3 or 3-5-2, at least. And it showed with one shot on target in the 93rd minute. Need to regroup and get back to it Saturday. Man of the match, read again. Muttley says we're going nowhere with Garner in charge. The fact some of our fans are debating whether or not we'll lose at home to Oldham on Saturday makes me want to puke. We need a change. Also, how has one of our defenders gone from playing 90 minutes on Saturday to being out for the season? Stevie says with Conroy and Baudry playing centre-back, we might as well write off any chance of of end-of-season glory. Simon Macy says, started brightly. First 15 minutes, we looked good. Then it went downhill. Conroy, Williams and Baudry, awful. Davison isolated and no support. Hardly a surprise, to be honest, given the players we had missing. Still in with a squeak of autos. So still glass half full. Love you, Rich. Love you, Simon. Sean Graham says, look, devoid of ideas, injuries and suspensions have had a huge effect. Not looking promising for the rest of the season. Timmy, apart from Hunt and O'Brien, our defenders are Hellenic League. We need a Zakuani type signing if there's one out there. No chance of top three, but I still think we might get into the playoffs. Sam Clemorfuni Hart says none of them deserve man of the match. That said, pain is always good. Josh says Conroy, man of the match, come back from a tough spell out to help lead a solid defensive performance. Managed to keep them at bay for 15 minutes. Must start again on Saturday against the greatest manager of all time. (laughs) Niall says not a great evening. As good as we've been this year, we've had a soft centre all year. Defending crosses from wide areas has been so poor. Set pieces, long balls, etc, etc. Launching the kitchen sink comes to mind for the remaining games. Ian Wilmer, awful, truly awful, no man of the match. Saw Dan in a lovely jacket, though, and with a pizza. Craig Clark says, grim and best forgotten about. Man of the match, pain for the strike alone. Paul D says, poor performance, but some perspective, please. We had an unwanted rebuild in January, and in the space of a week, we lost half of those players, plus McCurdy. Always going to be a tough game. Ultimately, only one man to blame, though. Pullen and his cursed watch-along. And finally, uh, one of our watch-along regulars, Paul Temple, said, did anyone actually try and get near Giovanni Brown tonight? Poor defending, as always, from any set piece. Who is organising this side of the coaching? Man of the match, other than Reed, has to be Jack Payne. Quality finish and enjoyed the watch-along banter. So as always, when Swindon lose, the reaction, especially on the whistle, can be quite, well, negative. There was one there that was straight in, we'll never... Essentially, we'll never achieve anything as long as Ben Garner is manager. Those sort of things, as you said earlier, are going to creep in, aren't they? It's, it's. I sort of like almost want to say, oh well, you know, we all have our opinion and and what, and it's valid, but it's just not like, just shut up. <laughs> it's such a stupid point to say that we'll never achieve anything with Ben Garner in charge. It's just such a stupid point. Like, based on what? Based on what? We, we, we sat seventh or eighth, three points off the top three, rebuilt the team twice this season. Like every single Swindon fan on the eve of the season gave it a big one about how, how we'd love to be 21st. And now and now we've we've won four out of five. We've we've got absolutely bare bones and we've lost a game of football and now it's sack the manager. Like I, it's just such an alien Con, like such an alien thought to, to me. I don't understand where people get it from. I, I lean towards I lean towards the notion that people can you know say what they think, and I appreciate all the contributions, but I cannot see what we do. So Clemofuni gets Garner on Zoom with Rob Angus and Ben Chorley and says, "Here, mate, you're done. What then?" for 11 games but also why would he do that like exactly exactly exactly. look you've you've rebuilt the team twice this year under embargo and you've won four of the last five but but we lost to a really good team so sorry mate you're out i'm like what (laughs) like (laughs) imagine that conversation but being honest you're going like i thought we were doing all right the brief is to sort of be competitive stay up and we've got we've got a really solid sniff of the playoffs when we get some players now Sorry, Ben, not good enough on your bike. I'm like, I think it just boils down to like, 
I don't know, without going off on a massive tangent about how social media is a, is completely not a dumpster fire. Like <laughs> the, the like you don't not you don't need to have extreme thoughts about everything. Like you don't need to have huge swinging emotions and thoughts and reactions to everything that happens in your life, let alone football, like like particularly football. Like we lost a game. We didn't play very well. It happens. Like you're not the main character of every event. You're not like it, it just just it things happen and just deal with it rather than go from these huge extreme reactions one way or the other. It's just it's just really stressful and not help not healthy for people. Just just calm down, folks. Calm down. <laughs> well, I asked people for man of the match. Not many people um really gave their thoughts on that because again, immediately after the game, um people aren't in the mood to find the positives. It was pain as far as the fans were concerned and those who did chip in. Reed got a couple. Ellis always gets one or two. But yeah, pain came on, did his thing. I thought Reed was all right, as he always is, but he, he doesn't get his own award as a rule, does he? So it's pain, isn't it? It is pain. And also just on the Louis Reed thing, like the, the extension of the Louis Reed Man of the Match award being that he can't ever get it is um, is him getting it when we play badly. And I really, I really want that to not be a thing. So it is, it is Jack True. Payne. It is Jack Payne for sure. I think the, the one last thing I wanted to touch on, Rich, about the game last night before we move on to other things, because obviously it's quite, been quite quite a big news day off the field for us as well, is is the Davison Stubbs sort of uh, battle. Oh, yes, 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 yes. We didn't get anything from that from Mr. Lewis, did we? Oh, God, how frustrating was that? Oh, really, man. We really felt for Davison. I think a couple of things. I think... Look, I, I'm, not, I'm actually not going to criticise Davison at all for this. I don't think he did anything wrong at any point. It was just really bizarre refereeing. He picked up a really cheap yellow card, which was never a yellow card. It was his first tackle with no malice or anything, just a coming together, really. And then and then from that point, Stubbs went down every time Davison breathed on him and deliberately stayed down, held his head. That one in the second half where Davison got his last warning, wasn't even a foul. There was no contact. It was just just sheer cheating. And look, every club does it. I'm not going to slag Stubbs off for doing it. The referees have to be better, and they've got to notice that. Um, yeah, he was he was very isolated, wasn't he? He was so isolated. He was getting frustrated with himself, the referee, the situation, um, and referees have just have just got just got to be better. It was just one of those nights for him. But I thought it was. Um, uh, fair play to him that he didn't get sent off, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> God, could you imagine if he did? Oh, my goodness. Yes. The Oldham game would have been a, a heck of a thing yeah. if we lost Davison as well. But a very bizarre at times, I think, in there, wasn't it? It was just, how can you, how can you, not, how can you not read what's happening here? How, how can you, do you genuinely think every one of these is a foul? And then when, when Stubbs does exactly the same, it's not a foul. And then when Stubbs goes down, holding his face every t- every three seconds, like how can you not read this is happening? You've you've refereed tons of games. I'm assuming you're a football fan. Like it's not rocket science to see what's happening in front of you. Useless fact: Sam Stubbs was doing that on the 27th anniversary of Alan Stubbs contributing to Swindon losing in the Coca-Cola Cup semi-final. That's all I got to say about that. And I've got nothing to add. Yeah. yeah, that was a horrible night. Horrible, 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 horrible yeah. night. God, no, it's me. I'm not anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I followed it avidly. I, I, I was there. And that was the one that got the um, it got postponed on the way up the week before. Am I thinking of the right one? Yeah, that sounds because the, the pitch was a, in my memory, the pitch was a mess. Yes, no, I'm pretty sure Still. it was just or something. And, and then we played. But it was the mid 90s. Most pitches were messes back exactly. then. But that was the one where, had Fjortov not scored, it the game would have just probably faded into the abyss and Swindon would have went through 2 1 on aggregate. aggregate. Um, but Fjortov scoring just sparked them to life and ruined, ruined my 1995, frankly. Yeah, yeah. God, imagine getting to the League Cup final. <laughs> Mental, isn't it? Well, I mean, we, we've won it. We've won it. Yeah, no, no, no. And scarily, it, it's, it, I mean, quick maths here, but is it is it longer? That, that semi-final is longer ago from now than... It is, yeah. God damn. Oh, no. 
A sweet, innocent stat has now made me spiral. Thank you very much. You need to get Tyler and have some frivolity of youth as opposed to as opposed to age. Oh, he was born after me and my my wife started going out and I had a little cry when, when <laughs> I found that out, if I'm honest with you. Shall we move on? We'll move on to really positive stuff um, coming out of, from Swindon Borough Council, believe it or not. You don't hear that much, do you, in terms of football and councils? And that's that the proposed sale of the county ground is going to be up for discussion next week. But if you read the... You know, read the the notes ahead of this. The advice is that they approve the sale, and there's a whole bunch of stuff. But really, the uh, the section which was very clear to read talks about the plan for the county ground over the next six or so years. So, 2022 purchase the ground. 2024 carry out Stratton Bank redevelopment. Uh, at a cost of £1 million, roughly. Between 2024 and 2027, uh, corporate boxes in the Don Rogers stand at cost of £1.5 million. And then between 2026 and 2027, a new town end, including a conference centre and hotel at a cost of £20 million. Really, really exciting. Sounds like Swindon might be just entering the 21st century. This is as close as we've ever got. So all going well. It seems like it's going to happen. Entering the 21st century in 2027. Who, you know, it's classic, classic Swindon. I think the most <laughs> important thing to point out here is that um, th- those building works that are outlined are not proposed. They're not suggested. They are actually a term of contract that's how i read it um they that they, 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 they that has to happen and if it doesn't then then the sale can in theory be reversed so i think you know let, let's hope everything there's nothing to suggest it won't go to the plan over the next couple of weeks and when that deal is done that roadmap is locked and i think that's great it's great for a couple of reasons that the fact that the council are signing that agreement means that planning won't be an issue you would hope so. We haven't got all of those um, hoops to jump through, and 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 again, like I said, it's it's a contractual obligation, not a uh, not a suggestion or a recommendation. So, as soon as that, as soon as the the ink is dry on that, then we can start looking forward to um to sitting in a sitting in a plush seat with a with a, and actually be able to what being able to watch football from the town end, which will be an extraordinarily um novel experience. <laughs> well yes that that is very very true no it's it's really really great and you know they're going to get plenty of praise the current owners and the trust so we'll wait until the job is started and all the ink is dry but never has it have we got this close so that that's an achievement in its own right so that's let's really nice um, um, let's just hope there's no newts under the stratton bank car park mm. or- or anything else. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, mild news of interest um, at the day of recording, ninth, is that the man that many people wanted Ghana sat and replaced by um, has gone to Leighton Orient. Richie Wellens has joined Orient, so he'll be back at Swindon in a month or so's time. Never has Dion Conroy free transfer to Leighton Orient in the summer felt like such a realistic uh, transfer. And I would probably say the same for Jordan Lydon, but I fear Rob Hunt too. I was literally just about to say congratulations to Dion Conroy on securing a two-year contract to Leighton Orient. (laughs) It's like, you know, when we joke about footballers who have names of officials, Dion Conroy to Orient just just feels locked in. Yeah, yeah, that's done, right? (laughs) I just expect it. It's happening. Um, if we're serious about getting out of this league next year, assuming we don't this year, then Rob Hunt should get a lifetime contract. Um, he should never play for anyone else. Um, he should have 11 sons, all named after players of, of, from the 1969 League Cup winning team, and they should all go on to make hundreds of appearances for our club as well. That's the only correct solution for Rob Hunt in his life. Peter Downsborough Hunt. Exactly. <laughs> Rod Thomas Hunt. All John Trollope Hunt, Joey Butler Hunt. I, I'm not going to keep going because it, it, it's, it becomes more of a tongue twister with that surname. Donald Roger Hunt. Oh, yes. 
Um, yeah, but look, fair play to Richard Williams. I won't, I won't have a bad word said against him. I know that again, like people love extreme reactions, and some people don't like him because he left. I would also leave working for Lee Power at any given opportunity, so I'm not going to blame him for that. Um, if he, I'm wearing sure, a suit, I'm sure he'll do a great job. He looks, yeah, he look, he look, he looks pretty smart, didn't he? I'm assuming he had yeah. the, the fancy white soled trainers on. Um, that, well, that, I've never. I don't think I've ever seen him in a suit. <laughs> but look, good luck to him. I won't know a bad word said against him. No, absolutely not. No, a suit either means that he knows that this is like his last chance, <laughs> potentially, or that he just means business now. Or he was going on to do um, jury duty, studio analysis for the Johnson's Paint Trophy semi final last night. I, I mean, oh. you, I don't know. You tell me. No, they don't wear suits for that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> David David Prutton in a quarter zip jumper. <laughs> oh, David Prutton always reminding us that he's there. Oh well, that'll do. I think Terry, thank you very much, and uh, we move on to the next one. Cheers, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.